welcome to A Place Within, where this week and every week, we try to get to the heart of our thoughts. I was like, the heart of what? The heart of our thoughts, feelings, and desires, even if it's super hard. And uh, we, we trust that amidst all of the craziness, we will find the gospel, um, or at least our need for it. So I am Ashlyn. I'm Christina. This is going to be a place within. Yes, Come yes. heck or high water, people. We yes. have had quite a time trying to set up our recording. Mm-hmm. But next week, we will be back in our back in our respective homes mm-hmm. with our real mics. And mm-hmm. um, it'll be so good. Christina, where are you at right now? I'm back in California, the second week back at school. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm current. Uh, <laughs> Where are you? <laughs> I mean, why why I do I why why do I seem like I'm I've lost my mind right now? Uh, let me tell because, you. Tell me. Because my MacBook is like the age of a fourth grader, and it sometimes just decides that it isn't a computer anymore, and <laughs> it instead is like a 150-year-old dying person. Um, And so we just spent like 45 minutes trying to get this started. And now I'm working in Adele, which is not the best thing for all this stuff. And it's making me afraid. Um, I'm currently in Iowa City, Iowa, um, just doing a little visit to the University of Iowa. Go Hawks. My brother is a focus missionary here. And I am visiting him. So um, then a couple of days I will be in D.C. for the March for Life. Wow. And, and then a couple of days after that, I'll be back in Boston. And finally. Finally, after a minute. Yeah. Do you guys have students going to the March for Life? We'll have some. Um, but a lot of them traveled for Seek, which was a couple of weeks ago yeah. in Indianapolis. And wow. so they are not planning on traveling down to D.C. But yeah. Yes, yeah. Ashlyn, tell us where you have been. I feel like you've been on the mountains. Did you build a <laughs> tent at, on your mountaintop? No. <laughs> Good. Um, well, no. no, no. Um, <laughs> so after Seek, I had the opportunity to travel to Mexico. Wow. Um, to do a training for the missions directors for focus missions department. And, um, while in Mexico, it was mostly training, which, uh, was awesome. Actually, I'm very, very thankful because keeping, yeah, other people's children alive on a mission trip is a responsibility that we at focus, a pro-life organization take very seriously. Um, but we also had the opportunity to make a pilg- pilgrimage to the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe. Yay! And, um, yeah, it was awesome. Really awesome. So, Our Lady, um, I'm excited to, to talk about her. Yeah. I mean, you seem you seem so subdued, given like, <laughs> everything you just it's because, said. <sighs> it's like part of the very... Yeah, real reality. I say that all the time, and it is redundant, redundant. <laughs> yeah. Um, is that I've been living out of a suitcase for the last month, and yeah. so I'm just like, here we go. Um, so many opportunities. Man. It's just, yeah. 
has no place to, to rest her head. <laughs> his head. My head. <laughs> yeah, that didn't make head. any sense. No, but it's it's cool because it's actually true. Let's <laughs> mm-hmm. really get into it. Let's just like not even, you know, ease into it. I was no. discussing the fact that we have a podcast with um with one of my brother's teammates and he was like, Do you ever talk about like not Catholic stuff? And I was like, Well, we try, but really like everything is Catholic stuff. I mean, um, I, we talk about whatever comes into the head. That's what I'm saying. Or the heart. Yeah. Shout out the head and the heart. <laughs> we haven't talked about the head and the heart yet. River. I don't think we've ever talked about the head and the heart. We have never yeah, talked about the, the red and the heart. <laughs> the red yeah. and the heart. What? what? <laughs> All right. So back to it. back to our Lady Guadalupe. Here's the thing. Okay. Here's the other thing about her, though. If we're just going to get into it. Okay. Um, if you are listening to this and you do not know what Our Lady of Guadalupe looks like, the like actual Tilma, Google an image of it and pause this, Google an image so you can see it and look at it. Girl is pretty subdued herself and not in a way of like being bored. She's not bored, but her joy isn't like eyes wide open, big smile across her face, which it can be. You know, like, yeah. joy can look that way. It's not to be. But, like, okay, the time in history where our Lord, through Our Lady, gave us this, like, oh, well, I mean, I guess, like, Incorruptible Saints and stuff, he does this a while, a lot. Like, something that just, like, he preserves for us to continue to see. Mm-hmm. But, like, the time that, it's just, like, such a unique moment of, I feel like, I don't know everything, I don't know about all the miracles, but this one's mm-hmm. so unique yeah. in yeah, yeah. what what was preserved on this Tilma for almost 500 years is, is this image. And it's so, so meaningful. Um, like everything, everything about it, like has some meaning. Um, he met, yeah, everything about the image, like means something. Even the flowers on her dress mean something. The stars on her, on her veil mean something. The look in her eyes means something. It is so, so intentional, uh, because it's a pictograph. It's like, it's a story told through a picture. Um, and so everything in the picture means something, but the look on her face is just very, very peaceful. And I want to share like two stories, um, but with a disclaimer because I'm me. So there always has to be some probably unnecessary disclaimer (laughs) that when we share, like, I just feel like I overqualify everything. I just like explain everything before I I could, it's usually self-explanatory, but right now. Let's let's stay on brand, you know. Yes, yes, yes. Over explaining Ashlyn. Indeed. Um, <laughs> when like people share stories about their prayer experiences, yeah, we should like be attentive to weight those stories, like what they stir up in us, for good or for bad. Mm-hmm. Like if it like helps me identify like the fact that I struggle with jealousy, like that is good for me to communicate to the Lord because he he wants to be in all of it, but he also is in like our positive responses, our negative responses. When we listen to a story, it's not so much to teach us, like, what to do in our own lives. It's to, like, teach us who we are by, like, understanding our reactions to those things. Lovely. And then there, like, there might be, like, a lesson that flows from it. But I think, like, one of the first lessons and the one that I know that I overlook the most is, like, just receiving it. So I want to tell some stories about my experiences of Our Lady of Guadalupe, not to be like, hey, so, like, all of you listeners, if you go to Our Lady of Guadalupe, the exact same thing will happen to you because it won't. Word. Or that even, like, these things are definitive. These are just experiences that I've had. Also, I haven't heard any of the stories yet. We haven't talked since 
before Heek, so I can't wait. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, like, I mean, and I think we've even, like, in the last 45 minutes experienced this, but to give some context, I, like, went into this, like, time of, like, a lot of travel and, like, moving around and just going to a lot of places in a really short amount of time. Um, like, emotionally exhausted. Like, optimistic. Seek was awesome. Like, mm-hmm. um, and, so, yeah, sometimes, like, conferences are an experience for me of, like, suffering and sacrifice, you know? Like, mm-hmm. there's, like, so many good things happening. But this this year, praise God, like, or just, like, thanks be to God, words, ugh. Um, yeah, it was, it was a positive experience of, like, encounter and growth. Um, but just in general, I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like, who am I? Why am I good? You know, like, really wrestling, like, too much, kind of mm-hmm. sitting in these questions. Mm-hmm. And so going to Our Lady um this go around I was also able to visit her make pilgrimage like last January but yeah I really I noticed and was especially struck by just how peaceful she is yeah and the thing is the basilica is not a peaceful place yeah like it's not it's just like thousands of pilgrims are there we went on a Saturday, you know, like masses every hour on the hour. People are like wow. walking in and out. You're like, oh my gosh, I have to get like pesos out of the ATM so I can buy some like cool souvenirs. Like I got to walk up Tepeyac where, you know, like there are these like beautiful statues of like the archangels and right underneath them is a place where you can buy like a slushy and, and <laughs> like, it's just a super interesting place. And it, I don't find it to be like especially peaceful Mm -hmm. but in order to like get a closer look at the toma which is like displayed on this wall behind the altar you can go down and there are these little conveyor belts that you can stand on and then they just like move you past wow are you curious and they move in one direction yeah so you like stand on the conveyor belt and you like look up and this time there was like a big mexican flag draped underneath her which was like really beautiful and and you just like ride the little conveyor belt sideways and you look up at our lady and then you like go back around and then you get on it again and then you just kind of move forward. So the whole experience of like seeing her, you can't just like stop and stand in front of her or else no one would get to see her. Cause you know, the first hundred people to get there would just like stop and stand there all day long. Um, so you ride the conveyor belt for probably like, I don't know, 15, 20 seconds. Wow. If that. Uh, and then you go back around and you look at it again. And I'm like trying to pray a rosary, but I'm too distracted. All these things. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm distracted. You know, I'm thinking about all of these things. And I just am struck by her peace. And then eventually you're just like, okay, I've ridden the conveyor belt a lot of times. So I'm just going to go over to the Adoration Chapel. At least you do that if you're me. Mm-hmm. Sit down and like process, you know, like mm-hmm. what's going on, if anything. Mm-hmm. And... um I think that what I've been telling God in prayer a lot lately, when I'm just, yeah, I'm sad, I'm struggling, I'm happy, I'm confused, you know, all of these things, I'm like, but Lord, like, it's because of my environment. I want I want a more stable environment, which is a legitimate desire I trust. Like, I want, I want a different environment. I've been thinking a lot about my environment. And just like, yeah, what I received in prayer was like, The way that she is, is not her environment. Yeah. It's her soul. Mm. And then what also struck me this time was, you know, all around, all around the Basilica, there are like these quotes of things that Our Lady said to Juan Diego when she appeared to him. Um, And something that strikes me, and a lot of it, I mean, there's like 
an element of translation and everything, but even like reading it in Spanish, which I'm not like great in, but you like look at it. She's like very blunt with him, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. She just presents her desires. Mm-hmm. She assures his fears, but she does so in like a very direct way. Mm-hmm. Um, and like she's able to be so candid because she just has freedom of heart. Yeah. And that's what I asked for. I want to be more candid, less complicated, because I desire to have a more yeah. free heart. What are the candid things that she says that you're thinking of? Um, the quote that is actually really cool. It's a beautiful imagery on this basilica. It's right outside, like, one of the first quotes that you see mm-hmm. is, um, am I not here? Who is your mother? I'm um, just, that was at the third apparition I think second or third apparition Mm -hmm. where she said that to Juan Diego because he was trying to avoid her he was trying to go around Tepeyac because she had been appearing to him there and he needed to go visit his uncle who was sick and dying Mm -hmm. and so he was like I can't get stopped by this maiden again today Mm -hmm. Um, I need to get to my uncle to see him before he dies and um, she said yeah like why are you trying to avoid me am I not here who's your mother I've already, I've already healed, my son has already healed your, your uncle. Right. Um, and so just the fact that she's able to like, per, I mean, it's kind of funny, I didn't mean to do this, but after I just like went on that whole unnecessary rant about like qualifying things, I want to be understood, mm-hmm. but I don't think that like, yeah, like I think in my heart of hearts, I think that I have to explain myself and sometimes I do, you know, mm-hmm. but actually I think that like with more freedom, I could just be more candid and know, because like th- the candor also is characterized by love. Yeah. Like, her presence is loving. All that to say where that quote is, is, like, over the church, which I think is not just our words of Our Lady, but, like, she is, like, the embodiment of the church. That church is there. Mm-hmm. Is it not there? Who is your mother? Um, which is beautiful as well. Yeah. That is spectacular. I, I can hear myself. <laughs> By the way, everybody, I'm not sure if my mic is actually recording properly, so if the sound sounds crazy, I apologize. But anyways, um, I've never been to that basilica, and I feel like what I've heard of it is not that, you know? I always hear, like, the mountaintop experience <laughs> where, like, mm. so I've never heard about that conveyor belt, you know? Um, and to me, I can totally see myself getting all freaked out and panicky and angry about, like, the state of our world and, like, a conveyor belt to pass us by the love of God, the symbology, everybody. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, like, what you said was so powerful about like her peace within her environment and like that is literally what is offered to us am I not here who is your mother right like it is not about the environment it has nothing to do with the environment it's all about the relationship and the gift of self that she offers us or rather offers like her son to us Mm -hmm. well and that she offers to her son you know like yeah she she gives herself to us because he gave himself to us like Mm -hmm. the unity is always first with him Mm -hmm. and I just I want security so much as as a person I think as a woman Mm -hmm. I think people want security but I think that like it is my femininity that is like longing for stability and security and trying to like look at all these times where I have felt unstable and insecure 
and trying to be like, yeah, well, God, like you were, you're not my security because you let all these things happen to me. Mm. This, the big things, you know, those like big, like hurts in my heart or my experience, but also the little things like mm-hmm. you let them build a conveyor belt here or whatever. Right, 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 right. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, I think I agree. I mean, um, without getting like nitpicky about like the gender stuff, I think at some point you and I will like talk about that on the podcast and like the way that we perceive all that stuff. But um, I totally agree as far as my heart personally is concerned with the security. That's really something I've been grappling with. I trusted you, God, you know, and so like how come X, Y, and Z things that I don't like? Um, but it's definitely the sense of like being brought into what I say I believe, right? That it isn't about how comfortable I am here. Like when I go and say, I, I trusted you, I thought you were going to blah, 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 blah. That's when he goes, yes, eternity. That's when he goes, yes, that's why you and I need to talk about your lack of trust in eternity. I guess like the focus on the temporal aspect of the world that I'm like, okay, well, it's been three months and like this pain is still here. Or, like this thing is still here. And like, I profess that mm-hmm. God is bigger than those things and that like our freedom is in Christ's relinquishment of <laughs> his people like oh what am I saying um like from the confines of that right like that he brings us into that eternal life and he brings us into that trust that is beyond this earth yeah it's like I'm feeling empty I'm feeling frustrated I'm not sure what to do with these frustrations and there's like something intellectually that we can understand um mm-hmm. when we have a gospel worldview that Christ redeems us for eternity. Um, So it's not like the brokenness that we experience of like sin or the sin of other people, our own sin. Um, It's just this like limited time thing. And then after we like accept his redemption on the cross, like we're freed from that. Actually, like we enter into it in different ways. And I think it's in like looking to our older brothers and sisters in the faith from like St. Paul to Mother Teresa, you know? to even like even more contemporary saints than mother Teresa. It's like, she's so contemporary. She's so new, but actually she's like not the youngest girl in heaven even. Um, that talk about redemptive suffering. Our church talks about redemptive suffering. I am not, you know, the expert on it. (laughs) I hate it. Uh, but I love it. I need it. And actually something I'm just coming to terms with in coming to just ahead in my own suffering, my own impatience, my own like longing and feeling of abandonment. I used to hear people say like, I feel abandoned by the Lord. And I was like, what's that like? That seems weird. And now I'm like, oh no, I get it. You know, like, Lord, you, you told me that like, you've given me good desires and then, and then you don't fulfill them. What is that? You know? And so for you listening to that, like, yeah, what are your desires? Are you frustrated that they're not fulfilled? I tend to like repress those things. Sometimes I like spew it out and it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> like that's, that's a real experience that actually like helps us to be more empty. Um, and I think that that's like empty. another interesting thing that we can like look to our lady to understand a reality, you know, a gospel reality, emptiness. So, okay. We talk about the, the Virgin Mary all the time. If you're hand dig up Guadalupe, well, that was the worst accent ever. Like my pride wants to cut that out. What'd you that, say? I was trying to speak Spanish and I did really poorly. Um, okay. so, Wait, no, don't even. No. Okay, say it in English. What were you saying? I said the Virgin of Guadalupe. Oh. Um, um, it's like okay, the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary, the Virgin Mary. We as Catholics are like, well, duh, she's she's a virgin. That's just it. 
doesn't really matter. Like, let's get on with it. That's her first name is Virgin. Her middle name is Mary, you know? Um, and yeah, like people outside of the church are like that. It's because like Catholics are afraid of sex or like Christianity thinks sex is bad. That like she had to be a virgin in order enough to be good enough to like bear God into the world. Um, some people are like, that was like a lie. You know, there's all this controversy about Mary's I virginity. Side note, I just read a really cranky article about, like, how, oh, my God. You know what? I don't even want to say it. Speak freely, my friend. Oh, my God. Well, it was about, like, the church and, okay, guys, so this was really, like, straight out of, I mean, like, pray for the writer of this article and the people who felt like it was speaking truth. Um, Where did you find it? It was coming up when I was looking for, like, the Zio Divina images of the Annunciation. And it was this picture of Mary, and it said, hashtag, me too. And I was like, that's weird. And I clicked on it, and talking about, like, Mary being, like, the ultimate manifestation of Trump-era Christians promoting rape culture. And I was like... (laughs) What? Oh. Oh, that's And I was, like, reading... Yeah. It was, like, in the chapel, and I, like, was reading it, and I was like, this is so ridiculous, Jesus. And as I was, like, it became more and more, like, horrifying, you know, like, as I read it, like, I was like, ah, this is just utterly ridiculous, the things you find on the internet. And then I was like, okay, no, the horror, the horror, you know? Um, Mm -hmm. So... Anyways, you're talking about, like, the virginity being this huge point of contention. If you want to talk about, like, sexism, we could talk about the contentiousness of a woman choosing not to have sex or, like, bearing children and, like, how did she bear children? Anyways, Mm -hmm. go on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's not about sex. Mm -hmm. Like, the gospel draws us into, like, a reality that, like sex image is something else yes. greater than it it is not it is not i mean it's like i i hear it's great but um the <laughs> you think sex is great try closing all the tabs sorry i won't just kidding go on <laughs> um but mary's virginity is not about sex it's not about sin it's about emptiness and what transformed my heart about this and like just like oh open wow. my eyes that just like sank in keep talking was if you christina you listener have not read the book the read of god by carol houselander and you know and why you i haven't want to know <laughs> our lady in a new way i know i do i could not recommend it more highly the um, read. and the first chapter of the read of god is about emptiness carol houselander um was I believe an atheist who started hanging out with Dominicans and um, I think she was baptized Catholic, but like became an atheist, started hanging out with Dominicans, uh, then became a mystic. So yeah, she did. pretty cool for her. Um, <laughs> it happened. <laughs> and um, yeah, just ref- she meditates on emptiness of Mary's womb, not being this like symbol of her virtue explicitly like as it opposed like as like chastity of like abstention from sex but like her willingness to receive in totality god Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like and so that's like fixated on her womb which this is literal like it is literal but it means so much more than just the literal Mm -hmm. um because her womb became the place where god dwelt yeah in a very literal sense but 
for us, we can imitate her. The reason why we we look to her more than any other saint. Mm-hmm. It's like the perfect model to imitate. Is that like our hearts, our souls, our interiors need to be empty and and reserved to house God alone. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, but that like they they have to get filled, and so sometimes that process of like clearing them out, clearing house, removing those things from our hearts, but also just stretching them out because they're we're small. Mm. Stretching them out to be able to receive a whole person. Yeah. Yeah, you know, dilating to nine centimeters. (laughs) (laughs) I'm reading this book right now where it really, actually, literally talks about dilating our hearts in that sense yo <laughs> you know what i'm gonna teach tomorrow in eighth grade geometry <laughs> that's a transition if i ever heard one yeah tell me dilations <laughs> i don't even understand what that means i had to learn it myself sense. it's like when you have a, fi- a 2d figure on a coordinate plane and then you scale it to like a bigger shape or a smaller shape oh so it fits <laughs> And it actually reflects the gospel if you try hard enough. No, I'm just <laughs> Yeah, that's not what this podcast is about. We're not going to, like, be ludicrous here. No, but, I mean, it's the same word for the same reason of, like, stretching mm-hmm. and growing. I, I, yes. Yeah. Sorry. So go on. You're reading this book that talks about dilation. Oh. That's just intense. It also talks about circumcision. Oh, my. What are you reading? <laughs> Removing what cock. <laughs> fill these hearts by christopher west oh. it has been eye-opening to say the least <laughs> yeah, he's legit. He's legit. i mean he's like a poet theologian but like a kind of weird yeah. poet theologian <laughs> like a i don't want to say postmodern because he'd be offended by that and it's not what i mean yeah what are you thinking dude. i don't know him i i don't know him either i'm j- what am i thinking about him no, about emptiness. Uh, oh. Because <laughs> um, it's been, like, this whole conversation. It's been so wonderful to, like, hear you talk. But, like, I don't, I can't find myself. <laughs> um, I just finished reading Story of a Soul by St. Therese. And, um... You know, in my college days, like I'm 50 years old, um, like I was kind of one of those people that kind of, has, <laughs> kind of had an aversion to Therese, um, kind of because of the way that, um, I don't know, I guess the way I perceived her of like, well, I'm not like weak. I don't perceive myself that way. And maybe that's my issue. Like, but regardless I can't relate to her because like she does perceive herself that way and like therefore not for me um and of course that's like the great flaw you know um like but anyways so reading that I was like finding myself like kind of being spoken about you know like she talked about her desire being to like bring every soul that desires him to Christ even souls that don't yet you know um and like, I mean, I feel very like close to a couple saints, um, but I, in a way I've never experienced before. I was like, whoa, Therese is, has like 
is hunting me down you know like Mm. she is she has been asked to chase me down for him you know um and I yeah I bring this up because like she's such a spectacular example of that like she yeah the emptiness is like profound but um but then the depth of relationship and the confidence in her belovedness is like greater mm-hmm. than any <laughs> anything else you read about and you know mm-hmm. just the absolute certainty and knowledge of of God um even in extreme um she talks about temptation to atheism like even in extreme like um a spiritual distress that she did go through um I don't know like it so I think that that has been something that's really been um bringing me even deeper into his heart um Mm. because like yeah like I just I read about myself as she's talking about like there's literally a line that says like all I wanted to teach her I mean I'm gonna mess it up but it starts with all I wanted to teach her was that like the satisfaction on earth or like that self-love no (laughs) desiring to love God in order to like achieve satisfaction on earth is like nothing more than self-love um Mm. and I I think I'm put together two quotes there but like I don't know like it it I felt so personally like spoken to reading that, like all I wanted to teach her. And then this line, um, cause yeah, thinking about these like disappointments and like ways that I've like desired to love God, desired to like share him with others, desired to like repair things and bring like light into darkness that are not being received in a way that like makes it clear to me how God is using them. Um, mm-hmm. I think it became kind of clear that I'm there's a part of me that wants my life for him to mostly just make me feel the best about being mm. alive, you know? Yeah. Yep, like this yep. is the way that leads to human thriving. And it is. Like if it, um Cardinal Ratzinger says that evangelization is teaching the art of living, you know? Um mm-hmm. Christianity offers us uh, offers us abundant life, but like Mm-hmm. that abundance is in life lived for him and like for others which means that like as soon as the intention is like I will be happier if blah blah mm-hmm. blah, blah blah we automatically rob ourselves of yeah. the actual abundance like automatically that abundance goes from being whatever the heck God had prepared to us for us to being like a little like quarter tablespoon you know yeah we we start looking at the wrong thing yeah you know like we begin to idolize our happiness our feelings you know which like are real experiences that are part but not end you know like they're they in are involved as we like our pilgrims moving toward our end, but they are not itself our end. Mm-hmm. And it's like, we, I, I think what I've learned so far in 2019 out of like a really rough 2018 is that like, I can't handle heaven yet. Mm. Like what I want is so small. Yes. What I think that it will be like is so much less than it will be like. And that's yeah. why I'm going through what I'm going through right now. Not because I pissed God off. 
Right. Not because he's like punishing me and grounding me because I sinned and I messed up. Yes. It's because like, because I want to go there. Mm-hmm. He wants me to, he wants me to be there and I want to go there. And so he's good and he will prepare me for something that I want. Exactly. He makes us. I just don't even it. know what that is. Yes. Yeah. And he makes us long for it. Like, like in a way, like the process of holiness is like longing for him more and more and more. Right. And like, yep. yeah, I mean, exactly. But that's something I've been really grappling with God about. Like, I mean, and it's my problem. And it's not even like me being like, oh, like, I don't want to be a theological wrong here. So it has to be my problem. Like it is like, but I'm really sharing with God in all honesty. Like I'm questioning that this life mm-hmm. is the best one. Like mm-hmm. the best life here on earth physical pleasure while helping other people the humanist view like that sounds okay all right and Mm -hmm. like this right now does not feel particularly okay um and it's always like I get scared when I like come to him with those things and I start pouring it all into the journal and as I like move it as I move through it it's exactly what you said no this is too small and it's not just like um like the line of like oh you're made for more but like it becomes so like it it starts overflowing in my soul like as I say to myself yes this could be it this could be all there is like and that would be okay it becomes so clear no it would not be okay it would Mm -hmm. not be okay like it is so clear that I only want those things because they are reflections of massively greater things. And yeah, yeah, I guess that's like going back to the emptiness that like it's all emptying it out to him. Like cleanse me of these yes temptation to like mediocrity, not even yeah. mediocrity, but like tempta- it's a type of despair. Absolutely. Well, yeah, but I think that that's what mediocrity is. Like, yeah is the yes like i'm a, like i'm okay with comfortable not enough mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and and mm. yeah like i think that some like checks on that you know some things that yeah are on my mind as you share that that um what really is like more toxic than any feeling of anger towards god is like repressing it Yes. And pretending like it's not there. Yeah. To say, you know, like, God's going to love me less or, like, I will be worse at my job or, like, yeah. how can I continue as a missionary or a yeah. catechist or a person yeah. as a disciple? Yeah. Like, I'm um, finally going to leave if, this time. If I you have – well, yeah, I mean that. But also I was thinking, like, you know, I just will not be listened to. God, mm-hmm. like, won't listen to me. Yeah. I – I just need to save face for people. I mean, there are lots of reasons why we would, like, do this. But, like, when we repress – our questions, our angers, and our struggle, mm-hmm. we stop, like, we cease to consent to letting him work in us. Yeah. When we lay it all out there, even if it sounds ugly, you know, he works with it. Yeah. When we repress it, we're, like, we're we're accusing ourselves. Yeah. We're not letting ourselves be judge, judged by a just judge. Yes. We are saying what what is and what isn't, like, as if we know, mm-hmm. when clearly we don't. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, the purpose of emptiness is not punishment. Mm-hmm. It's fulfillment. Mm-hmm. 
And um, that, yeah, I mean, also related to an earlier reflection, like that candidness is a mark of holiness. And like right now, I don't possess like the serenity of Our Lady. Yeah, me neither. She knows, like, and I, I, I don't need to act like anybody. I don't need to, like, put on my Our Lady of Guadalupe costume every day. I want to learn from her. Mm-hmm. I want to be like her. And I want to be led by grace mm-hmm. to become more like her. Mm-hmm. But the peace came and the honesty came from a freedom of heart. Mm-hmm. And I want to pray for the grace to have a freedom of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, finally... I just want to share this um, quote by St. Augustine. Yes, Um, please do. Yeah. I'll just read the whole thing. I was trying to look for a smaller excerpt, but we'll just do the whole thing. I'm going to receive it. (laughs) (laughs) When you would fill a purse, knowing how large a present it is to hold, you stretch wide its cloth or leather, knowing how much you're to put in it, and seeing that the purse is small. You extend it to make more room. So by delaying his gift, God strengthens our longing. Through longing, he expands our soul. And by expanding our soul, he increases its capacity. So this is my favorite part. So, brethren, let us long, because we are to be filled. That is our life, to be trained by longing. And our training through the holy longing advances in the measure that our longings are detached from love of this world. Let us stretch ourselves out toward him. Then when he comes, he may fill us full. Can you send me that? Yeah, I will. And it's like, even from a a worldview that is colored by the gospel, but not saturated by it. Mm. It's like, let us long for happiness. I think that you put it really well, Christina. Of like, yeah, I like, there is a part of me that's like immature, you know, that is not all wrong. It's just unformed that says, yeah, like, I see happiness in Christians or in the, in Christ or in the saints. I want happiness. And so I want to like pursue God so I may become happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a longer game than that. It's a greater goal and it's a, it's, it's a bigger happiness than we can ever imagine. And that like in communities of discipleship in our friendships, like, without being pious and without being like afraid Mm -hmm. of judgment. Mm -hmm. Like we, we can come to expect that we will be stretched. Mm -hmm. Um, not because like we are bad little beggar children that God is having to make do with, but because what he wants to give us is very large. Mm -hmm. Yes. And like listening to that, I think it's easy to be kind of numb to it. Um, you know, we get, so used like I I see this as seventh grade catechist nobody likes or dislikes showing how things affect them (laughs) like seventh graders (laughs) but like it's so easy to become numb to those massive spectacular truths about like our existence like Mm -hmm. that in a way we don't even long for that truth enough you know I mean and it does it Mm -hmm. satisfies we even have to be stretched to receive that for what it is and then receiving that Mm -hmm. for what it is stretches it further and like I mean we were just talking about eternity today at school um I mean it's beautiful to be in that position because I I do always 
experience that like like I experienced God so much in teaching him to mm. to to the little the little people mm-hmm. by the way I have a lot of little teenagers a lot of them turned 13 and I didn't know it anyways um <laughs> I was like how dare I went, they how old are you people and they went I'm 13 I was like what who let you do that anyways um <laughs> but like we were taught, I was talking like, yeah, like we are made for eternal life, right? Like we are made for life with him in heaven. The moment that you never want to end, that never ends and you can't get bored of it. Right. Um, that's like how we describe it in my class and they like, you know, it's that like, okay, like, yeah, but I don't want to die. And it's like, yeah, you know, you're 12, you're 13. (laughs) That's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But like, we can't stay there forever. We can't, Mm -hmm. we have to, like you said, mature. And like, we do, we do. Um, And I think like, rather than like, for me right now, like beating myself up and being like, how have I regressed? How have I regressed? No, it's not Mm -hmm. regressing. It's like very much a manifestation, uh, I think, of this like intimacy with the Lord that he has allowed me to experience that like through, like it's even in this that I'm like, you know, in prayer, I was like, well, like, you know, if you were a person and well, not person, he is a person. If you were like a, a human, I would sit you down and be like, look, these are the things that you did that make me feel confused about your affection for me. Mm -hmm. You know, what can we talk about it? And like, he would be like, okay, thanks. Like, this is why, this is how I still love you. I'm glad we had this talk, you know? And so I'm sitting there I'm saying this and I'm like, I'm very justified. This makes sense. And then I realized that I have the Bible next to me and saints writing next to Mm. me and my own journal next to me and the cross in front of me and our lady Guadalupe in front of me Mm. and like all of the sacraments and all the people who have ever shared his love. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. (laughs) Like you did it again. Like there's you went again. The abundance abundance that he shares himself with me and it takes the faith. Yes. It takes the faith, but that's what makes it love. Right. So he doesn't Mm -hmm. just give me a few sentences or even like an hour long conversation like a friend would like there's so much more this like story that takes up eternity and like this identity that continues to be revealed forever like Mm. that is how he expresses his love to me yeah and I get afraid that I'll be let down if at the end of the day it isn't real but like I've said like I said, my testimony, I've been having to like write things about it recently. Like, ev- like I can't say that that is the truth. Like you can't say that these longings are a lie, that they don't have a source, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so, that your longings are a lie. I doubt that, that your doubts are the truth. Exactly. There, thank you. That you yeah. just know it's not true. Exactly. It just. And I have the evidence yeah. that like says that this hope is what we actually hope for rather than those infinitely smaller hopes of like yeah. what exists here. And I think something that we need, I think is to spend some time like to exercise, you know, our participation in the stretch is not to like understand what it is, how long it'll last when it'll end. That's like kind of yeah. the same thing, yeah. what it's actually doing. Right. Um, like our participation is that we realize that we are being stretched because we are small. Exactly. And it's not a punishment. It's a yes. reward. Yes. Um, but that like, w- then we need to turn our gaze elsewhere. Yes. 
I look inside to my feelings to figure out what they're for and what God's doing, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I have a friend who, she said this thing, it was like the first time I ever met her, and I was like, yeah, yep, you're like me. Um, I'm like you. When she said, I have good deductive reasoning skills, but they really get me into trouble in my relationship with God. Mm. I'm trying to, like, yeah, use my deductive reasoning to figure out what he's doing and why he's doing it. When I just, yeah, I don't know. And that hurts me more than it helps me. Mm. Um, Like, let's look out and try to be wowed, you know? Um, Let's, like, look out to come to understand our thoughts, feelings, and desires in in the wild and not in a petri dish. Yeah. Um, let's like spread our prayer looking at God and not at ourselves and and trust. Yeah. You were talking like Therese there. That's intense. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh. Nice. Oh man. Wow, I was like trying to be good podcaster girl, and then I lost all of my marbles, and then God hugged me. Oh, I love that. Hey, you know, let's be be small. (laughs) And then I lost all my marbles, and then God hugged me. Mm. All right, well... (laughs) We did it. Oh my gosh. Find us on Instagram at APW Podcast or Twitter at APW Pod. You can follow Christina on Twitter at Chris underscore Stina with two E's. And we will all see each other in the Eucharist. Bye. I love you. Jesus.